We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 204, the first episode of 2018. Scott, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How was it? Did you end up, I know you went skiing in Vermont, so yeah, you had a good time? It was mighty cold. Mighty cold, like negative 20s with the wind chill up there, but I braved it. We braved the elements. I like it. I like it when it's that cold because it weeds out all the all the wimps that don't want to go skiing in that in that kind of temperature. Yeah, but it's, it's New Year's Eve, so isn't it still jam-packed? Like aren't the- it was jam-packed in the lodge, yeah. around the mountain, at the restaurants. Everything was packed. Once you got outside, no one wanted to stay outside for more than two minutes for fear of frostbite, which was a real possibility with how cold it was. So the bars were packed. Everybody was inside oh, yeah. drinking, getting, uh, getting warm with the, with the shots of, um, of whatever to, to warm the, the body. Apres ski, the Apres ski was hopping, although no one was really skiing, so it was just getting drunk, which, which is fine. It's New Year's Eve. How about you? That's what you do. You made it home from Boston. How's the little man doing? He's doing really well. He's doing he's doing awesome actually. It's it's pretty crazy to see how it's crazy to see how a week past a heart surgery that this kid is just looking like a normal dude. I mean, you would never really know it unless you knew what was going on. So it's um it's amazing. The doctors do some amazing, amazing things. And uh we're very lucky and fortunate to have um just such a good team and then uh, such a, a kid that's willing to heal so well. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Um, my New Year's Eve, we did a, uh, we had a pierogi party. We think about that. 
We made pierogies from scratch. You guys with a kid and everything, you went through all that work? Well, it's, it's my, uh, so it's my wife's family. They're Polish. It's that side of the family is, is Polish. And they have been making the, their grandmother's pierogies for years, like the recipe. So we do, yeah. you know, the, someone makes the dough, someone makes the filling, the potatoes, and then uh, we have a folding party and we do, just everybody goes over there and we drink a bunch of beer and make pierogies and then we eat them. It's fun. How'd it's a good little up? tradition. See, I'm a little different. I go, I, I'm a, they, they, they have their own way of doing things, right? They go and they do a, uh, they have a more of like a triangular shape to their pierogies. And the first time I ever did it, there was a magnet on the refrigerator and I had never folded a pierogi in my life. It was like a half shell. And that's how I've always imagined a pierogi, right? So I've always modeled the magnet and uh, I think mine are textbook and beautiful. They don't like them, but I make it's them all like about them. How, It's all about how it tastes though. Who cares how it looks? Because they all taste the same. It's the same dough and the same potatoes. You just got to make sure that they don't break. And presentation is a big part of it. Let's go now. Big pre- presentation is a big part of it. I guess so. Presentation. We got presentation going with this new Facebook Live, new Live app that we're doing. We're going to be doing throughout the season. So welcome everyone who's on the video. Um, even it's 10, almost 10 p.m. On a, on a New Year's Day. People are probably recovering, getting ready for, the, for going into the office the next day. We appreciate people joining. As we've been saying after the 200th episode, it's something we want to do more and more of the last couple of weeks with schedules, you being in Boston, me being in Vermont. It just didn't, didn't happen, but it's something we want to do uh, most weeks going forward. I don't, want to, I don't know if we want to commit to every week just because, you know, shit happens. Yeah, we tend to sometimes there's logistical issues, but yeah, I think we could do a majority of the time. I mean, we're both uh, have our laptops with us usually, and, and we have some good technology now that it looks like is actually working out well. So um, I'm excited for it. And yeah, we'll try to do it every week. You know, we'll try. Another thing that we, we mentioned on last week's episode and we want to remind people of as these events come up is the six Bronx Pinstripes events of 2018, the BP crew events. A lot of people were at the June one and the September one, so you guys know what kind of atmosphere it was. We're going to be doing that six times next season at the stadium and at a pregame party somewhere in the Bronx, TBD right now. But the dates are April 7th. That's a game against Baltimore. May 26th is a game against Anaheim. June 29th against Boston. July 28th against KC. August 11th versus Texas. And then September 15th wrapping it up against Toronto. Those are all Saturday games with the exception of the Boston game is a Friday game. So no matter what. It's on a weekend. People are going to be in town, getting lit, getting drunk because no work the next day, hopefully. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. We, we got some really good games in there as well. Um, one a month. We try to spread them out so there's a, a little bit of time in between them just so we can have – I think there's, uh, there's one or two games that are, that are a little bit closer together. But, you know, I'm excited. There's six, six of them. Obviously, we did two last year, and uh, all the, the planning is kind of coming, uh, coming to fruition right now as far as the, the pregame stuff. So, uh, like I said before, we're going to have it out as far as the ticket um, information and just everything about them real soon. It's going to be, you know, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, and we're going to try to get it out before the single game tickets go back on sale. I know there was a, like a week, a f- small amount of time where they were on sale, but they'll be, um, they won't, I don't think they go back on sale until February at some point. So you'll be able to get these tickets and then I'm going to put together a package so that if you want to do all those games, every you know, the six games, um, you can get a, a discount for those tickets. And then obviously a t-shirt will be involved with every one of them. I'll design one for um, each game. Uh, if I don't design it, I'm going to work with uh, one of our one of our artist guys that is uh, th- that we're uh, starting to work with. I'm, I'm pumped up. We have some really cool shirts in the workings as well. So 
yeah, man, I'm excited. If you guys are looking to games, definitely check the schedule out and uh, and plan for it. Come into town. We've heard from quite a few people. We actually got a mailbag. I, th- I think you're going to read it soon. But people yep. coming from across the globe for these BP events. It. It's awesome. It's amazing. Uh, all the tickets are going to be hot tickets to get, but especially that April 7th one because that's the first weekend of the season at home. And a lot of people are going to be itching to get out there and see the middle of this batting order. So they're all going to be fun, but I have a feeling that April 7th one's going to be extra, extra fun, extra special. And, and don't forget, because Randy Levine's out in the media talking about it, they're selling all sorts of tickets. Oh, it's yeah. not a problem. They're selling tickets. It's Randy you know. Levine's wet dream. They're selling tickets. They're selling hopefully, tickets. Button seats. Hopefully the hoodlums are not in the legend seats with the, the rich paying customers eating their crab legs. But hey, we're going to be out in section 206. Is it 206? 205, 206. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no, uh, no sushi for us common folk. We don't, we don't do that. We're not, we don't know how to behave in those seats. So I don't even know why we would think about walking into those seats. Not, not, our, not our area. Um, but yeah, there's going to be... I have a feeling this year, especially after you get past the All-Star break, it's going to be tough, a lot tougher to get tickets, decent tickets at least. They're going to be expensive, and there are not going to be that many of them. So um, definitely check these out. We, we have a, a lot that's, that's already set. Um, so these are going to, this is going to be a good way for you to get good seats and uh, at a good price, really, with a bunch of stuff around it. It's like a mini season package. Six games. I mean, that's a lot. Of, that's a, a handful. That sort of amount of games is more than a lot of people go to throughout a season. Yeah, definitely. So you, so you get six games. That's, that's a mini season package. It's awesome. And if you can't get the tickets that way, another way you can get tickets is through SeatGeek. Uh, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets for every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best price, and they're fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Everyone at this point knows about SeatGeek, but if you have not, Definitely try out the app. It's by far the easiest way to search for tickets. Saves you time and money. You can search multiple tickets and compare prices. You can, they also grade their seats so you know if you're getting a good deal. And the most important thing is they're fully guaranteed so you don't have to worry about fraudulent tickets. Um, you might you, no, There's no, no getting scanned with SeatGeek. And with college football going on right now, NFL playoffs coming up, spring training baseball, and then regular season baseball around the corner, SeatGeek is going to be popping. So definitely download the app. Our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase by downloading the app and entering code BRONX. Again, that's code BRONX for $20 off your first purchase. $20, that's two beers. That's, that's a pretty good deal if you're going to Yankee Stadium or any other, any other venue. All right, Scott, you ready to uh, get into some, some Yankees topics here? You mentioned the mailbag, and, and that's what we're going to start off with. We usually do mailbags at the end, but, but this one from Mark Oldershaw. A listener from New Zealand who wrote us a very nice note. I'm not going to make you blush and read it out loud, but he he's uh, he's a new baseball fan, and I just thought it was awesome that uh, he is getting into baseball through this podcast. He's becoming a Yankees fan, and he has a question. I can't see any value in the Garrett Cole chase given the other needs and the likelihood of some more significant signings at the end of 2018 season. I am, however, warming to the possibility of pursuing Josh Harrison, but at a, a reasonable price. So Harrison from the Pirates is a 30-year-old uh, middle infielder. He can also play third base uh, and some outfield positions. So he provides some some versatility for the Yankees. He's been a name that's been thrown around with the Garrett Cole rumors. 
but now with the Yankees having an open spot at third, open spot at second base, they might want to go and find a veteran to fill in some of these gaps. Uh, Brendan Ryan can grow a really nice mustache, so that's that's a plus for him. And he can play defense. Is he still kicking around the league? I don't know. I think we've traded him like five times, or he's been involved in the trades that we've that we've been involved with. I don't know where he is, but I think a guy like that, like uh, like Harrison's an interesting guy. I mean, he's a he's a guy that uh, that, that can provide some offensive um, abilities. He can help out. He can he, he's a, he's a pretty decent bat where he can come in at a pinch. He can play multiple positions. He can even play the outfield. Not that we need outfielders, but um, you know we're giving away outfielders at this. Point. I I think what they're looking at if there are this this Garrett Cole trade, and I, I still. It's still out there. Look, nothing has happened in the past week and a half. We all know that. Nah, it's quiet. It's pretty. It's pretty dead. This is what happens around the holidays. They they pretty much everybody just goes home and does their thing. After the new year, you start seeing things to pick up. So I expect things to start picking up. That being said, this Garrett Cole thing, it's only happening if the Yankees get their get their price. If they get what they want, exactly what they want, then maybe this will happen. But that being said, Brian Cashman's not going to be going out and 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 giving away anything more than his his very limit. And his very limit is probably not as high as he would normally go. It's probably a lower limit, and it's going to be the the Pirates coming down to him. And if it takes a guy like uh, Josh Harrison um, to be in a trade like that, or then I could see that type of deal coming over, uh, that type of guy coming over. Um, I'm just not sure that they're going to go out and sign somebody. Uh, the, only, the only way I could see that really happening is if it's a minor league deal and, and someone plays up. Well, Harrison is uh, going to make $10.25 million in 2018, and then he's got a couple team options for 19 and 20, $10.5 million in 2019, $11.5 million in uh, 2020. So if the Yankees want to trade for him, they're really only, um, they're only signing up for $10.25 million for 18, and then I think it's a $1 million buyout. So $11.25 million is essentially what they're signing up for. I've also read that the luxury tax might prevent them from signing a free agent. And this, while it's not a free agent signing, is a free agent signing money, at least for a one-year deal. I'm just concerned they created a problem for their, for themselves by trading away Chase Headley and trading away Starlin Castro. This team is ready to win a World Series. And I don't think that they're going to go into a season with Ronald Torres and then two rookies. I just I think it's too risky. And I feel like they've just created a problem for themselves that was kind of unnecessary, other than the fact they just wanted to dump salary. Well, I I think you're dismissing Ronald Torres, honestly. I think you're dismissing oh, what he's on. done. I mean he's Stop. look at it. Look at the numbers. Look at what he's done. Look what he did when DD was out. He filled in for very a month, well. Not a season. Yeah, a month. That's what he was asked to do, and he did it. Every single time he's asked to do something, he's done very well. I think he's got a lot of confidence in the the organization and what he's done. That I mean, if you're going to go out and get a a veteran guy, are you really going to get a lot more? Are you going to get more production than a guy like Ronald Torres? I, I don't think so. Josh Harrison will provide you more. Not much. More Why? I mean, yeah, he will. Torres did. Torres had a great month. Stop. Stop. No, I I think I think if you look at the numbers and you're looking at a ten million dollar contract and then you're looking at Ronald Torres as that other option, I don't think you're really much of a fall off. I I really don't. Okay, but you're looking at Josh Harrison, or you're looking at Eduardo Nunez, or Todd Frazier for for a year, or I've also seen this name thrown around, and I know you're going to love it, Jed Lowry. Those guys are all going to give you better production than Therese. We've never seen Therese for an extended period of time, more than three or four weeks. We all love Little Toe, the Toe Night Show. He's a fun player, leaping up to high-five Aaron Judge. Who knows? Maybe John Carlos Stanton will put him on his shoulders this year and run around with him. 
But he's not an everyday player and stop acting like he is. He's a he's a utility player and he's a nice he's a nice player that you can plug in once or twice a week and and give you something. But that's exactly like, what I don't want to see him every day. I don't want to see him every the day. The whole point of this, the whole point of this is that they're either going to sign one, I, first of all, I don't believe that they have uh priced themselves out of getting a third baseman that's of quality. I don't think they're looking for like a, a Jed Lowry type um to to come in. I, I think that they could still I, I do believe that there's money there in order to, to get a, a deal done. And you're going to be looking at a short-term deal. The the thing about, if it's Ronald Torres, if, if Torres is, is, is on this, he's going to be on this team. But if he's that guy that, that you can, uh, that they're looking to, you know, fill in at, at a spot, they're, they're banking on these. I know that they're banking on Torres, obviously, right? At, at second base or third base. Um, Anduar, there's a lot of, been a lot of uh, speculation about him. We, people think his bat is ready, but his glove is, is, Across the board, everybody thinks his glove is not ready for third base every day. Um, so you have options. I mean, I, there there are options there. I, I still believe they're going to sign somebody for third base personally, but um, yeah. I don't think, it, especially when they're looking, I don't think they're going to be looking at a utility guy. I think they have their utility guy. They don't need a utility guy. They need a third baseman. So I just saw a comment pop up and he said, why are you, I, I don't know exactly what it said, but it's essentially, why are we dismissing Andor Torres for that position? I don't think we're dismissing it. I think we're just acknowledging the fact that there is a big risk going in with rookies. It's a huge unknown. We all love Glyber Torres. We all think he's, what is he, the number one or number two prospect in, in all of baseball at this point? Like he, he's an untouchable player. We think he's going to be a can't miss stud. That doesn't mean he, he might not go through some growing pains. And Anduar is a complete wild card. We saw him for one game in Chicago. One game, I know. And everybody and, bases and he, you, They have a very strong opinion about him after well, one yeah, game. Well, yeah, he lit the world on fire yeah. for that one game. What did he have? Three hits, three RBIs? It yeah. was like the first time that's ever happened. He's going to bat 750. For, that's what's going to happen. He's, <laughs> he's going to come in and win a batting title. But the reason why he got sent back down and never called back up is because he can't play the field. At least not in a major league level where they're comfortable plugging him in there. Now, you you want to criticize the Yankees for not giving him a shot at DH later in the season when Matt Holliday was totally lost and they couldn't really find a, a consistent DH. Fine, you want to criticize him for that. But but I, I just don't know. Unless he, he comes in and has wild improvement at third base defensively. Like, do, do you think he's even... Do you think if he was at the level of Ref Snyder defensively? He would be playing in the major leagues. Because I don't even at think third he's base? at that level. At third base, at that level. For, well, well, refs. Uh, okay, because ref center at third base was ugly. He was getting knocked in the eye like, like the kid from Sandlot. But, but if he was uh, the equivalent of uh, of uh, ref Snyder was at second base at third base, I feel like they'd at least be giving him a shot at last year. Yeah, I mean the difference though. I mean, you, you play a bad third base. That's that's extra bases. You know what I mean? Like uh, you play at second base, a bad second base. It's a single. There's, there, yeah, it's not, a different story. We're not talking about sticking the worst player out in right field. This is the major league. I know, but my point is, is that if you're putting a, a liability at third base, you're, it's a, it's a higher risk. Yeah. It's a higher risk when you're doing that. But the, um, I don't, I mean, I don't think he's that bad. I, I think that Ref Center was not a third From baseman, what? and third base. Some of the is reports tough... that we've read is that he, his glove is nowhere close to the major leagues. Right. Um, so I, I don't think that he's going to be. I, I don't think it's even uh, honestly a consideration. I don't think they're going to be going into the season with Anduar as uh, as penciled in as the third baseman. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to give him more time in AAA, um, and and have him prove that he can he can play there. So I, I still believe. I still think that they're going to come, they're going to go. I, I think personally that Todd Frazier is going to be the guy. I think he is going to to sign that deal. There has been just too much smoke 
Um, usually when there's this much smoke, there's something going on. I think that there is a, there, there's going to be a, a friendly deal that's going to give him an opportunity to play into another contract uh, the following year or some kind of a player option. So that's what I still think is going to happen. Um, I think Anduar is just, uh, he's just still an unknown quantity at this point and I think he needs more season and the Yankees the Yankees have have the ability to do that they have they have the uh they don't need like high level production in every single position they have a very good offense if you take if you don't even bat the ninth guy you know what I mean like it's a ridiculous offense you can have someone go in there you can have a guy like Ronald Torres go in there and play third base and be just fine Scott, you know as well as I do, Yankees fans, if it's June and our third baseman is hitting 175, that shit's not going to fly. We need something to complain about. That's fine, okay? We need some papers are sold on based on complaints, not just people don't like to read happy things. People like to complain and call into shows and p- get pissed off and podcasts are downloaded because of complaints. Yeah. <laughs> that, so the, I mean, we got to have something there, but um you know, I still believe that they're going to go out and, and bring somebody in for third base. There's going to be a, a, a third baseman <clears throat> locked in before the uh, spring training even starts. I think that was the plan. When they dumped Headley to San Diego and dumped his $13 million, I assumed, and I think you did too, they're going to use that cash for Todd Frazier or somebody like Todd Frazier. Yeah, I agree. And if they don't, if they don't, and they go into next season with complete unknowns at third base plus Ronald Torres... Do you think that's a mistake? Do you think it was then a mistake to to dump Headley? Because at least Headley, for as much as I hate him, and you know I'm about to say, like saying this, you know that's bad. At least Headley was a known commodity. He was an average third baseman, an average offensive player, and he was plain white bread, mashed potatoes with vanilla ice cream on top. He was just the most plain guy, but at least he didn't suck. I mean, at least he didn't. Oh, uh, you're saying he didn't suck now? Wow. No, at least he didn't suck as far as like below below replacement level player. You knew what he was for one more year, and then he's going to be gone. Yeah. Well, I remember when he had an exit velocity, an average exit velocity of like. That, know, then he sucked. What but was it? Was at, like fifty? It was like fifty yeah. miles per hour. Yeah, but then if you just cut out the the negative exit velocity and look at his negative I mean, exit like velocity, yeah. June June first on, he was an average, like complete average player, zero point zero WAR, which is pretty much re- replacement level. Which, like you just said, for the twenty eighteen Yankees, is good enough at third base. I, I think they found an opportunity to get rid of that contract, and they and they jumped on it. I didn't think they. I, I think Brian Cashman was very much focused on getting rid of that contract because. You know, again, I don't believe what's written about that. The fact that they are in danger of missing uh, out on a guy because of the luxury tax. I think there's room there. I think there's room where they can go out and get somebody for third base. Um, I'm also reading in the comments a little bit. This is, this is we're going to try to read some of these comments. If they come in, it's uh, it's hard to do as we're doing this. Um, but uh, a couple things, two things, two points. Um, our boy Joe McFly is in there, and uh, what's up, Joe? The one thing he was talking about is that you can't have too many young players. And I kind of agree with him to that to an extent where I, I do believe if you look back at those dynasty teams of the Yankees '96 uh, and the '98 team, um, and, and then beyond, the those teams had a, a very good mix of veterans and young guys. And last year had a, a good mix of veterans and young guys. Matt Holiday didn't play towards the end of the year, but he was there. There's uh, you know there was a lot of leadership. You have uh, a Castro who had not a not a totally young guy, but he's been in the league forever. Um, yeah, he was a veteran. On he's the a veteran Yankees. on the Yankees and Gardner Ellsbury. I don't know what Ellsbury, if he talks to anybody, if he gives any, I don't know if Ellsbury has ever given one piece of veteran advice ever. No, I'm not sure about that one, but I think it is important to have that leadership because if you don't have that type of leadership, uh, then 
you know, there can be, there can be, you could lose a lot of that dynamic, I think, in the clubhouse. And I think a guy like Frazier, while everybody, you know, some people who don't like his baseball, they, they say, you know, you can't just have a guy who's a fun guy in the clubhouse and not do well in the field. Well, I think he contributes enough. I still think he's better than he played last year. And I think he is one hell of a clubhouse guy. Like that cannot be dismissed. This guy is, is one of those guys who can make everybody play better because they're loose. They're having fun. And, you know, he's one of those guys that seems like if, if he sees something, he says something, he says something about it, whether it's a tip, whether it's a, you know, he'll call someone out. Like that's a good guy to have in there. And I think whether it's him or just another presence like that, uh, I think is important when you have a bunch of young guys. That was pretty much the biggest reason, at least uh, when CC Sabathia resigned, was his clubhouse leadership. Yeah. Basically, no the fire he showed in the playoffs, plus his clubhouse leadership, is the two main reasons why he's back on the Yankees. And also on the CC thing, uh, Sherman reported that uh, I believe there's a couple options in that contract where if he reaches. Um, or excuse me, a couple of bonuses where he, if he reaches innings limits, then he gets extra 500 K. So that could be up to a $12 million deal. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, there, I, I had a, I had a feeling that we were going to have to put some kind of an incentive in there for him to stay. Um, yeah. not that he wanted to go, but it was just more of a, more of a courtesy to, to CC for what he's done. And if he, if he proves it and if he's, if he does go out there and pitch and healthy, you know, he's going to outplay his contract. There's no doubt about it. Um, the other, th- the other rumor that people have talked about that we've heard, uh, and I think it's such an interesting scenario, and someone was just asking about this in the comments too, is the Moustakis thing. If, if Moustakis doesn't get what he wants, the multi-year deal, we talked about this the last show, if he doesn't get what he wants as far as a long-term deal, don't be surprised if he goes and tries to, uh, has a play-me contract and tries to uh, play for that long-term deal the next year. Because we talked about this. 2019, you got, you got, uh, you got um, uh, Ma- uh, Manny, Machado. Machado, thank you. You got um, <laughs> no, no, Arenado from, uh, Arenado. from yep. I Can't Talk. You, it's late at night on New Year's Day. And yep, we got you. Once those two guys are gone, there's a lot of yeah. money being saved for that year. Then, yeah, then, you, then you have can Moustakis. ride the wave of that. Absolutely. So if it's, it's, it's there, it's a possibility. And he's going to put up monster numbers if you were in a, in a Yankee uniform. I still think even if you could get Moustakis for one year, he would cost 15-ish million dollars. And if they're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, t- 10 to 13 million dollars for Todd Frazier being a problem with the luxury tax, then 15 million dollars isn't even more of a problem. They're gonna get under the luxury tax. There's no question about that at this point. They're they're no, gonna get be, under it. It would be it would be almost embarrassing if they didn't at this point. And I, I actually think if if they're close, I I really think they won't make a move just to get under that. I think that's like on the top of Cashman's 2018 vision board is getting under the 197 luxury tax number to reset that. They've never reset it. You reset it once, then you can go nuts. You can be a kid in a candy store after you reset it. Go go pay for Manny Machado. Shit, go pay for Bryce Harper if you want. Do whatever you want. It's not even a matter of discussion, honestly. It's happening. They will be under, right. they will be under that threshold. No doubt about it. I, and I still think that there's there's room for him to work. And I even the way it sits right now, I mean, if you're creative with contracts, which we all know, <laughs> the most creative GM out there right now, not named Billy Bean, who's overrated and never will be in the Hall of Fame, Brian Cashman. This yep. The man's a wizard, and he will figure it out. I have full full confidence. So if they don't use the Headley money for a a a veteran option, do you think it's a mistake? Um, no, I still, I still don't think it's a mistake because I still think they can get by. I have more faith in Therese than you do. 
I love Torres too. I just don't think he's a regular player. And who knows? Maybe he can fill I feel in the like, gap I feel like enough. you think he's a gimmick. He's a gimmick. He is a little. You think he's a gimmick? Yeah, he's a nice little fun mascot yeah, on the see, Yankees. No, no, no. See, you're not giving him enough credit. He's a good ball player. I think he's proved that he's much. He's better than than uh, than what people thought he was. I mean, that guy. How many teams did he jump around before he actually signed and made the team? He was. He, I think he was traded to the Dodgers, released by the Dodgers, signed by the Yankees. And he's young. He's only like 24 years old. But I mean, he popped Look around. Look at how many at bats he had. He popped around he a had lot. 315 at bats last year. It's actually more than I thought. I would have guessed he had like 200 at bats. I just think he he starts to creep up any more than that. How many at bats did he have? He's going to get 315. And what were his numbers? Where was he? Uh, he hit what? 290. Two, 292. Uh, 314 batting average, so he didn't walk. He just put the bat on the ball, which is fine. That's what you're looking for out of a player like him. Um, three home runs. Look at the little guy. He's even getting in on the on the home he run. He doesn't action. need to hit home runs. He just needs to get on base. Well, he doesn't need to at a 314 clip. That's not really getting on base. He also that's plays. He also plays good average. defense. He plays good defense. He can play multiple positions. He's a better defender up the middle than he is at third base, though. That's fine, and I, I think that's totally fair. But um, the fact if that he, does, he gives you flexibility. Is, if their plan is Ronald Torres at third base in April to let Anduar or somebody else mature into that role, fine. But if their plan is Ronald Torres for the for the one sixty two, oh, I don't think that's going to be the plan. I, I I still think he's a stopgap guy. I think that's what he's going to be. I don't think he's going to go out and and say that. The Yankees aren't going to dub him as the um, as a starter. I don't think that's happening. But I do believe that he can fill a position for an extended period of time and and really not have too much of a um, of a letdown at that position, offensively also, uh, and defensively. One more point about the third base spot: before they traded away Headley, uh, they said that Tore- uh, Torres, excuse me, was going to compete for the third base job right. in spring training. That all changed when Starlin Castro got traded, and then. Torres just makes more sense as a second baseman, plus there was a clear hole at second base. But that just goes to show you how they felt about their third base situation even before, even when they had Chase Headley, is that is that uh, Gliber Torres was going to compete for that job. Well, I, I don't think it's actually, I don't think it's totally set that, that Torres is going to be just going for second base, right? Maybe he is comfortable it's, at third it's base. Pretty mu- it's pretty much maybe he's Maybe he comes out and is comfortable at third base and can take that, that third base spot, and then it's a lot easier to fill that second base spot with given who's out there available, or like a guy like Torres would definitely fit better at, at second base. Here's why Gliber Torres... Here's why Gli- they're not going to have Gliber Torres play third base long-term, because they want Manny Machado in 2019. So they don't want Gliber Torres getting comfortable at third base. They want him getting comfortable at second base to leave that option for Machado or Arenado or somebody huge at third base next uh, in 2019. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair enough. I don't think they're going to be worried about the uh, feelings, though, going into next year and saying, well, It's not feelings. Or even comfort level at that point. They're going to yeah, be playing the yeah. year year by year at that point. I, I think that no. I think that they want him. Uh, look, and especially with the way that everybody shifts in baseball now, you got to be comfortable at every position in the infield. You just do. Because, I mean, look how many times was Chase Headley playing second base? It was weird. He was over there playing second base. And it was and it was a lot. I mean, I don't. I wish. I wish the baseball reference. Maybe they do now. Do they have a stat where they when they shift they they play in a different position? Because that's got to uh, throw off all the defensive metrics. That's a good point. It's not in. Ba- it's not. I don't think it's in baseball reference. But I know the Yankees shifted one of the tops in the league last year. Yeah. So and that was. Do you think actually? Do you think Boone will be a shifter? Or is that? I have no idea above? what Boone's going to do. I think Boone is going to be different every day until he finds like his groove. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't think he's going to come in and. 
I think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be fly by the seat of his pants, honestly. And shifting... No. Hell no. No, I mean, as far as the strategy on a given day... I don't know. I don't see him. Uh, I don't. He's going to get fired if he's flying by the seat of his pants. He's going to get fired. Brian Cashman. Did, that he was can't like get fired. There's too analytics, much. Analytics, there's analytics, way too analytics. much. Analytics. Way too much involved with this now. He cannot get fired. He's not getting fired. I guarantee that. He has a a rule book. It's not a binder. It's a rule book, and it's it's signed by Brian Cashman. They 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 cut each other. They they're like blood brothers now. After he <laughs> after, they went back after the after the press conference, they sliced their hands and they each put their palm print down on the rule book. And they got to sign. They got to follow that stuff. I don't know. I uh, I would be I would be shocked if uh, if we saw like a, a lot of consistency early on with Aaron Boone. I think there's going to be some interesting things happening. I'm gonna. I, I like that though. I like I like being on the edge of my seat. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some start more starting pitching rumors or ongoing starting pitching rumors with Garrett Cole, Michael Fulmer, Patrick Corbin. Those have been the 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 three that the Yankees have been going after. I think you and I agree. Let's just chop off Corbin at this point. Corbin's not an upgrade over the five. I'm chopping, I'm chopping off Fulmer too, honestly. Well, but, but before yes, we get to as that. As far as, as Cor- if we're talking about upgrades, then yeah, I agree. Yeah, If they're trading for, for Patrick Corbin, I, I am then really questioning the move because he I don't find him to be an upgrade over the five they have lined up. If you want to say he's a depth option in case one of them goes down, fine. But where's he going to play? Where's he going to pitch until someone gets hurt? You know what I mean? That's so. That's, so I, just, the I just don't there's, see. There's a logjam here. I, 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 I've, I've been talking about this. I don't really understand what's happening. I think the only reason that they're, I think the only reason that they're, we're, we're talking about starting pitching and the fact that the Yankees potentially could acquire somebody, is if they get blown away by a trade or if somebody comes to them with saying, "Hey, we got to get rid of this guy. We're not getting what we want." I mean, they would never say that, but this is what we'll do. And then if it's in Cashman's little, uh, you know, buy window, and and he says this is a this is a must buy, then he's going to do it. He's going to go for value, and that's just what Brian Cashman does. I mean, he goes for value, and if he can get a value on a guy like Garrett Cole, to me, that's uh, that like there's a lot of upside there. Fulmer, there's not going to be sure. value because you're going to have to be giving up so much. You're going to have to give up half the farm for a guy like Michael Fulmer. It's just not worth it. Not you- not in the not in the way that the Yankees are put together at this point. It doesn't make sense. Well, the reports are that the Yankees offered Clint Frazier, Thario Estrada, Tyler Wade, and two minor league pitchers who I did not see named um, for Michael Fulmer, and and Detroit said no. So I have to imagine those two minor league pitchers were not named Justice Sheffield and Chance Adams because if if it was Frazier, Estrada, Wade, and either Adams or Sheffield, and the Tigers didn't do that, I think that's pretty bad. Yeah. I don't know what the Tigers' plan is at this point. I don't know where they where they see themselves, but it, you know they could they could see Fulmer as a guy that they're going to be keeping around for a long time. Um, well, he is only in his third season. Yeah, I mean, this he's a he's a good young pitcher. There's no doubt, but not worth what we're what they're asking for. I mean, obviously they're asking for the entire farm, and it's just not what Brian Cashman. There, there's a very clear pattern of what Brian Cashman is doing, and it's all about building value to make this team better. And if there's depth behind a certain position in the minor leagues, then he feels like that is an area where he can deal. The outfield was a position of depth. Outfield. The outfield has, is currently now a position of depth. Even before Stanton, in the minor leagues, it was a position of, uh, of depth. We saw that when they traded Blake Rutherford to Chicago. They had guys coming up before. Florio is, is a guy that they, they was right there with Rutherford, neck and neck, depending on who you asked, who was the better player. Um, and then you got, have guys like McKinney, who's out in the outfield, uh, Jake Cave, who's who's out there, also ready ready to go. There's just a, a number of guys who can go out and, and play the outfield position. So I, I think that that is one of those areas that Brian Cashman is 
feels comfortable in dealing because he's not going to kill his minor league system by dealing a guy like that. And he's upgrading a position in the majors. It's like a few years ago when they kept trading away backup catchers. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had, they had Gary Sanchez waiting in the wings. So, so they knew they had depth at catcher. Catcher was one of their strongest positions in the minors. And, and they got, they traded away John Ryan Murphy. They get Aaron Hicks. They traded away, um, uh, Cervelli, and they get a couple pitchers from Pittsburgh who ended up uh, Justin Wilson, into, I think, was one of them, wasn't he? Right, but then Wilson turned into Chad Green. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, Cashman, we trust, we both trust Cashman on the trade market. Oh, 100%. I think he's that's where he's the best. That's where he's at his best is when he's looking at values of players and negotiating. I think he's by far the best uh, GM in the, in the major leagues at that. His track record, yeah, his, his track record, his record speaks for itself. One thing we didn't mention with Fulmer is that he actually had surgery in September to repair an ulnar nerve. He had ulnar nerve transposition surgery in his right elbow to eliminate num- numbness and tingling that had increasingly bothered him throughout the season. That was kind of uh, swept under the rug by the Tigers and everything. Now they're just out there trading him. He's on the trade market. Everyone, eh, just ignore the fact that he had elbow surgery in September. I mean, elbow surgery is a bit of a stretch, but the... Uh the the fact that it's some something around the uh, the elbow itself a nerve like those are those are finicky they they can come back they're weird I don't like that I mean I I wouldn't want to give up a bag of goods for that and, and and when that you know when that's out there when you know a guy that just went and had some procedure done I mean you're not talking high uh, the highest potential value at that point so I don't know why they'd try to deal with them deal them at that point anyway who if you had if the deal for this isn't the case, but imagine the deal was exactly the same for Cole and Fulmer. Who would you rather have? Uh, Fulmer. Even though, if you look at numbers from 2017, Michael Fulmer, 25 starts, 3.83 ERA, 3.5 pitcher war, 164 innings pitched with a 1.15 whip. Compare that to Jordan Montgomery's 29 starts in 2017, 3.88 ERA. That wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. No, but I'm saying Michael Fulmer and Jordan Montgomery were similar pitchers last year. And you'd rather have Fulmer over Garrett Cole? No, no, no. My point is is that I don't think these guys – I would rather have Jordan Montgomery right now, honestly. I think Jordan Montgomery is the guy that's that's out there uh, that has proved that he could play in pinstripes. He he proved that he had had one of the the better rookie years. Um, A lefty, I love that. You know, I – I don't trust Cole, honestly. I don't trust the injury. I don't history. trust Fulmer. I don't trust. I don't trust either one of those guys. So you're asking me to, uh, to pick a, uh, between two guys that we'd have to give up a lot for, and honestly, that I don't fully trust. When we have a guy that is just fine, so and I then, guess if you and don't then trust a few more either. guys coming down the line, like there's, if. I don't get it. I still don't really understand. They, they obviously see something in Garrett Cole that I don't, and that's fine. That's why they are in their job, and that's why I'm talking on this show. But guess what? If they're going to do it, it's going to be an overwhelming value, and Cashman's got to know something. Cashman's very good at picking a guy who has come off of a, a season that is not great. He did it with Castro. Um, he's done it a few more times. But, you know, that he sees potential that he knows. He, he can see some, usually when there's like a, a spike around the corner, and I give him a lot of credit for that. So maybe that's Garrett Cole. Maybe Garrett Cole, when you look at his numbers, isn't uh, the numbers don't show really what he is. And I, and I can see that as well. I haven't seen him pitch enough. And maybe I'm a little salty still, again, with the fact that he went to UCLA and left uh, and didn't sign with the Yankees. He should have been on the team already. 
I guess if you don't trust either, and the deal would be the same, then take the guy who's locked up for longer. So, I, so fine. I just think Garrett Cole has a higher ceiling than Michael Fulmer. We've seen Garrett Cole pitch at a Cy Young level before. We haven't seen that out of Michael Fulmer, even though his rookie year was great. He won the rookie of the year. Um, I don't know. But I just think that the Yankees have five solid starters right now. And then these guys will probably still be on the market in June and July. So you want to go out and get one of them if you need a starter in June and July. Then go do it then. Can we just wait until then, then then creating a – I don't want to call it a problem because you can never have too much pitching. Um, But it's – it's kind of an annoyance. Well, you don't know where if, to put them. The problem is, is that you're having a guy like Jordan Montgomery because he would be the guy that would be in AAA most likely, right? It's stunt his growth. You're, I don't know if you're stunning his growth. I mean, he's still going out there pitching, but he's a guy that doesn't belong in AAA. He's a he's a major league pitcher so you're that you have in in in, uh, in AAA, and you're just not using him. I mean, I don't think you're stunning his growth. I think he could still go out there and yeah, the experience is there. So maybe you're stunting it on that side, but it's just it doesn't make sense to me when you have a guy that's that ready and and, and effective. Um, to be sitting in tr- in Scranton, and then you're giving up assets to fill up a spot that's not a problem. That's the problem for me. That's that's where I don't see the the fit because it's not an issue. If it were an issue, I would understand it. But the the number five starter right now on the New York Yankees is not an issue. Do you think the Yankees don't trust Montgomery? Potentially, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe there's maybe there's something that they see in Montgomery that was not. Um, a long-term fit. Maybe, maybe they don't, maybe they're just doing this because they don't think CC's going to get, I mean, we all were shocked last year that CC threw what, 150 innings. That was, that was probably one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest surprises on the pitching staff is that he actually was as durable as he was. And that's great. I mean, can you really rely on that for another year? He's another year older. That's why those are his incentives. I think they're, they're 155 innings and then every 10 innings, he gets another 500 K from there. 500k you know to ccm and that's like you know it's like a, that's a that's a that's a captain crunch prize <laughs> it's uh it's nauseating the fact that 500k is a captain crunch prize for ccc yeah after taxes, but it is after taxes, dudes dudes like made uh probably close to 200 mil in his career yeah no doubt about it and this is uh i mean yeah he's gonna be if he's close to that he's gonna want to get there those are not they were really just things for him to shoot for. You know, those are, Does, those are things for him to, to strive for. I have a question. Does Jordan Montgomery, is he in jeopardy of getting beat out in spring training for his job in the starting rotation? Um, I think anything is up for grabs. It depends what happens with this in the next month. It depends what happens in this trade market. I don't think, sure. I think if he's there, no, no, he's I'm not talking, I'm not the, talking about Michael Fulmer or Garrett Cole. You're saying I'm talking if about what, the current, Chad Green. What if Chad Green lights it up as a starter? As an opener in spring As training, or Chance Adams or Justice Sheffield make an enormous leap like Montgomery did last year in spring training. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Chance Adams or or certainly not Sheffield. I mean, he he hasn't even been in AAA yet, so you're not going to see Sheffield make the roster. Chance Adams has innings in AAA and has you know performed pretty well. I don't see that happening either. Um, I, I'm honestly would be surprised. If Chad Green came back as a starter, now I know they already we already it was already said that that was the plan, but that was before it was before CC was signed, before any of these rumors. Uh, who knows if they sign somebody? If they don't, if they do, there's no way he's coming back as a starter. I just don't. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but that's another guy. Like that's another reason you have Chad Green right there. That's potentially going back in the starting rotation, and you're going to go out and deal for a guy 
that might be an upgrade. I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, we're, final topic of the day, we're going to get into some uh, around the AL East and talk about what some of those teams have done. But before we do that, Scott, you want to tell everyone about Sleep Number? I do. As soon as I can get it. <laughs> sleep Number is, you're making your res- New Year's resolutions is one thing. Sticking to them, well, that's another. Whether it's resolving to get in the gym more, eating less, or one thing you can definitely help is get some more sleep. Most Americans get do not get the recommended seven to eight hours of sleep. If that's you, science proves that more sleep make it easier to hold fast to those goals. So get some more sleep. The Sleep Number bed lets you choose your ideal comfort and support on each side. It's perfect bed for couples. The newest beds are so smart, they actually sense your every move and automatically adjust so you stay sleeping comfortable throughout the entire night. Do not miss the best beds for couples at the lowest price of the season. Come in now and save $400 to $700 on the most popular Sleep Number mattresses. You'll only find them at Sleep Number. Sleepnumber.com slash Bronx. Go to the website, sleepnumber.com slash Bronx or any of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide and tell them Bronx Pinstripes sent you. See, this is fun for listeners. Now they get to watch us struggle through reading the ads as well as hear us. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a struggle. <laughs> it's I a have struggle. improved flipping, with the mailbag screens. My my problem is flipping screens and then finding myself again and then not looking like a complete like dyslexic fool. Right. Well, do you remember back when we were in like episodes twenty five, twenty six, the that range when it was just god awful with me reading the mailbags? Yeah, I got a little better there. Yeah, hooked so on now, phonics. Hooked on phonics worked for you. <laughs> now my my twenty eighteen New Year's resolution is to get better at reading the ads. Yeah, I think we've both improved. I didn't. I don't think I had the best performance right there, but that's okay. Yeah. Everybody likes a comeback story. It's late. Someone says, yeah, that was pretty awkward. <laughs> but they listened. They listened to it. So go buy a sleep number bed. All right, around the AL East. One thing I was, as I was looking up some of this stuff about the, the five AL East teams, I, I, I guess I didn't realize it. The Yankees and Red Sox obviously finished above 500. They both, miss, uh, they both f- um, made the playoffs. All the other teams in the AL East finished below 500. The Rays... 80 games, the Blue Jays won 76, and the Orioles 75 games. So the division, as fun as it was, that that race between the Yankees and Red Sox was extremely top-heavy. And it's probably going to be even more top-heavy in 2018. Yeah, I totally agree. The um, The Blue Jays were definitely the biggest disappointment, right? Disappointment to their fans, not to us. I mean, it's, it's fun when I see yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays not do well. All these fans, all these so-called fans that are in the bleachers, like, I don't know where they come from. But they uh, they they disappear pretty quick too. The they they were a team that just that just didn't do well. They they their starting pitching they, they, their starting pitching got very injured. I think they lost mm-hmm. all five of their starters at one point. Um, uh, I think they really didn't consider the the big big drop off uh, having Encarnacion gone. That was a huge drop off. Joey Bats was a, a another year older, so the the team got old. Um, Tulowitzki is like not. Troy Tulowitzki, ignore his name because that's not the same player. Uh, you know, it was just a different team. And then the Orioles, the same thing happens to the Orioles every year, it seems like. The pitching fails them. And, you know, they, they did make the playoffs um, a couple years ago, had a run, Buck Walter screwed it up, and the, the pitching failed them again. The pitching has always failed them. They've been an offensive-ready team that, I mean, the ball flies out of the park at Camden Yards, and they just can't get the pitching. They... That Jake Arrieta leaves and becomes like a Cy Young candidate. Like they can't buy a bucket. 
So the Blue Jays GM has already said they're not going to trade Josh Donaldson. That's been rumored is because Donaldson's entering his last season under contract. And why not try and get some prospects for him? But the Blue Jays GM says, no, we're not ready to rebuild yet. We still Smart. think we can get back to that, that 2015, 2016 form when they were winning in the, in the 90s games. Um, I, think, I think you're right. I think that's a mistake. They're delusional. They're delusional. I don't know what they're drinking. They're very nice, and apparently they just can't, they can't uh, face, face the facts that they're not a great team. Well, they're still going to hit. They're still going to hit because that's a hitter's ballpark, and for whatever, there's some shady shit going on in that ballpark with some flashing lights and some laser pointers. But no matter what, people go there and they just hit home runs. Remember, Melky Cabrera went there, and this was after he supposedly was no longer on steroids with the fake website and everything. That dude was massive. I forgot about the fake website. Runs. I forgot about the whole <laughs> fake website part of it too. That was yeah. sneaky. I mean, he really, he really beautiful. took things to another level. With the oh, fake I website. I love, I love the milk, man. Yeah, the milk. But man. the Blue Jays will hit. I just think. The Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Orioles are up against it with the Yankees and the Red Sox set to be very, very strong contenders. So I think it's going to be tough for those teams to, to stay above water. The, the Orioles still have an opportunity, I think, to add some pitching. They haven't done it every season. You're always waiting for it because that's pretty much their missing link, and they haven't done it. They've, there's been talk that they're going to do it. Who knows? I mean, they, there's still guys that they could go out and, and get. Look, they have Manny Machado for one more year. But they're they talking about go. trading Machado on one hand, and then they're talking about I think they're just dipping their toe in the water. The other. They're dipping their toe in the water to see what it's Machado... It's been more than dipping... If you they turn should. on MLB they Network... Should. They should. Yeah, they, look, there's not really much to talk about from December but it, 1 But what I'm saying the is the it's year. the number one topic every day in Major League Baseball hot stove is what's going on with Manny Machado. And That's more than dipping your toe in the water. No, that is seriously considered trading him. It's because he's a free agent after the year. Of course they're going to look to see what they can get for him. They have to. If they didn't go out and see what they could get for Manny Machado right now, I would seriously question their motives on the franchise and the long-term. Well, friggin' Blue doing. Jays GM isn't doing that for Josh Donaldson, and he should be. You're right. Two bad GMs doing bad jobs. <laughs> so the fact that, but at least the Orioles are not going out there and saying, we're not trading him. That's not going to happen. We're going to go out and look to see what we get. You got to do your due diligence. Maybe someone gets crazy. You don't know. And you know people are going to get crazy at the trade deadline. Personally, I would hold on just a little bit longer to see what you can get because we know what the ransom is at the trade deadline. You're going to get a hell of a lot more then than you can get now. But who knows? It's a higher, someone may no. go out there and, and try to do something crazy. I think the ransom goes up for pitching. I don't think it goes up for position players. A guy like I Manny Machado it goes up for. I mean, Machado is... But, okay, maybe Machado is the exception to the rule. Machado's a generational type player. I mean, he's a great, great player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Of course. And he's the best third baseman in baseball right now. Yeah, and he's... And he's probably the best third baseman since Alex Rodriguez. Offensively, yeah. Defensively, he's he's better at third baseman. I mean, he's a whiz at third base. I, I also heard talks about Machado wanting to go back to short. Um, after his this next deal, that's that's something to think about. Maybe I that would know. be a mistake for him. His career will last longer at third base. I agree. Uh, defensively, he's but he's so he's so good in the field. Oh, he's I mean, so he's freaking so good. Good. Um, he's but amazing. His arm is ridiculous. That's the guy. That's the type of guy that that will move. People will move mountains to try to get on his team on their team. So of, you have to go course. and see what they're going to push. You just have to, and it, it's not. It's not a. It's I, the the problem is the problem is is that. They have to go out and find pitching. And what are you going to do? Like a guy like you, Darvish, you're going to go out and pay for a you, Darvish, when Manny Machado is going to be gone the following year, most likely? Then what are you going to do? You're going to go out there and get a guy like Lance Lynn? Is he going to be a game breaker? You know, there, there's only so many things you can do. And I feel like they've made those Lance Lynn type moves in the past, and it just doesn't do anything. You know, you get a guy like. Um, 
Yeah, they're not a number four starter away from making the playoffs. Right. Like, let's be realistic here. They're probably two starters away from even being in the playoff discussion. And they're also they they keep missing on their guys. I mean, the they're starting pitching, the one the people who keep coming up, um, Dylan Bundy, if I hear another uh, you know, prospect of, of Dylan Bundy coming out and being a number one. Like every year I hear this. I've been hearing this since he was in Norfolk at the Norfolk Tides. Like this guy was the number one in the waiting forever. And he kept getting hurt and then he came and it just wasn't good. And you know, he's got he shows flashes of being good. They just don't have a sustained top of the rotation guy. And it's not on they their roster. Have. It's not on their they roster. They never have. Mike Messina Mike was Messina, their last yeah. top of the ro- rotation guy. And um Oh crap! Daniel the Cabrera lefty. flashed too. He was a guy that flashed. Who was the lefty pitching in like 2006, 2007 for them? And they ended up trading him to Seattle, being with an M. Oh, um, I could see his Shit. face. He had like a he looked he looked confused. Um, he he always killed the Yankees. And he had a couple solid seasons. I can't think of his name. Uh, Someone on the chat. Do you guys remember who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I could see him. Lily, Ted Lily. No, not Ted. Oh, Ted Lily. Ted Lily was the. Uh, was it Ted Lily? No, it wasn't Ted Lilly. Anyway. Whatever. Uh, the Rays are going to suck. They already traded away Evan Longoria, and uh, there's talks about them trading uh, Chris Archer as well, and they're losing Alex Cobb to free agency. If they trade Archer, I mean, then pencil them in for 52 wins at that point. Yeah. Uh, how many How many times are we playing the, the Tampa Bay Rays next year? 18 or 19. 18 or you 19 want 17 20? wins, right? I want 18. That's what you said last week. I you want, want 17, 17 or 18 wins, wins yeah. I, don't, I want to lose no more than two games. Okay. No more than two uh, games. D- uh, the Rays, there's so them trading Chris Archer is also a smart move for them because they they just need to rebuild at this point. There's no way they're they're even going to think about trading Archer in the division. You agree? Yeah, I I don't think they. I mean, they're so far away though from from being competitive in the division that I don't think it really matters. But That's a good I, point. I think what they're going to do is they're going to get their best haul, and if they can, if it's if it's somebody in the AL East, I just don't see anybody in the AL East giving them the prospects that they want. Um, well, for would you, Archer. would you cough up the prospects for Archer? Uh, I mean, who would, uh, they're going to talk for about uh, Glaber Torres. That That's the name. No. Yeah. For no, Archer. Archer's a top well, line guy. Would they're you do, their, would you do a deal that you're going to have to do for Cole or for, for um, Fulmer for, for Chris Archer? Oh, hundred percent. Yes, I even, would. Even though you're trading the prospects in your division that could come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. If I'm trading those same guys, if I'm if so, I'm making that yeah. same deal for any for Cole or Fulmer or the one that's been out there for Chris Archer, I would do it tomorrow. Yeah, I think Chris Archer is a very good pitcher, and he's, he's much better than the, the rest a, of those guys. He's also done it in the AL East. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. He's he's a guy that I would. How old is he? 26, 27, maybe. I don't know. He's not old. He's a guy that I would absolutely go after, but I, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a real thing. I don't know how much people care about this, but he's an awesome dude as well. Chris Archer, so many great, yeah. So many great stories about him. Um, he does a lot of charity work off the field. He was, um, he, I remember he did one of the playoffs, was in one of the booths for ESPN. He just like seemed like a really personable guy. Yeah, I remember he was good as a commentator. I don't remember all 20, the... 29 years old. 20, oh, he's older than I thought he was. He's, um, I don't remember all the off the field stuff, but whatever. He's a good pitcher. That's, I'm talking baseball. We have, we have enough good guys, all right? Aaron Judge is the right. nicest guy in the world. He, he doesn't even catch balls that are going over the fence because of kids. Yeah. Uh, final, final team is the, the Red Sox. They finished first in the division last year. Hopefully that will not be the same next year. They signed Mitch Moreland. There's still rumors. They're going to sign JD Martinez. They need JD Martinez. You realize the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox in Fenway park, one of the best hitters park in baseball finished 27th in baseball and home runs. 
Yeah. I had That's I, crazy. That is crazy. So I, when I was up in Boston for that two week stretch just recently, I took I took probably five or six Ubers, right? And I'm asking everybody about the Red Sox. I'm just I'm talking it up with the Uber drivers. I enjoy doing that. It's fun to do. And I the first thing I tell them is I'm a Yankee fan, just to see what happens. <laughs> and they are all so mad about the and apparently every Uber driver is a big baseball fan too by the way but every they, they they can't stand the fact that there's no power on that team they hate it yeah they hate it they hate that they can't hit the ball over the it's monster it's just crazy I, it, all of a sudden they like they lost david ortiz and where'd the power go hanley ramirez stopped being able to hit home runs when david ortiz left. that's kind of weird though now that you think about it david ortiz leaves the clubhouse and no longer everyone's hitting home runs mm. hmm hmm interesting they cleared his locker out too. No, I guess they didn't, no remnants. Yeah. No remnants the left. Shi- the shipments from the Dominican are not coming into Fenway Park anymore. <laughs> it's, Interesting. It's. Uh, I, I think they they're gonna. There's a real possibility that they get um, JD Martinez. But this is again typical Dombrowski. Very very top heavy. Very very high payroll. Not much depth. He already traded or swim in a one year deal in a one year window. He traded. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank. Yohan Moncada. Who is the number one prospect in baseball yep. for um, Chris Sale and one of their traded, and one of their top pitching prospects? Uh, that kid that throws like 109 miles an hour. And then they traded one of their top prospects like two years ago for Drew Pomerantz. Yeah, Drew Pomerantz. they're a very top heavy organization right now. And they if they sign JD Martinez, they're going to lose a draft pick for him. They're going to be locked into it for him for seven eight years at 180 million. King Kong a dong. Scott Boris is not going to let him go for cheap. Yeah, he'll make them a better team. J.D. Martinez is, uh, an, uh, I think, a very underrated hitter. I think if you look at his numbers, they're they're pretty filthy, especially in a big ballpark in Detroit. Um, so I think he makes them a much better offensive team. I don't want them to sign J.D. Martinez right. because I think that makes them a, a much better team. But uh, I think they have to sign J.D. Martinez. Yeah, well, there's there's going to be there's a competition just with the with what the Yankees are doing as well. I mean, they have to they have to stay at a at a level with where the Yankees are, and and I think that if they're going to score runs with the Yankees, nineteen twenty times a, a season, they're going to have to add some some bats. Um, it just right now the Yankees definitely have the advantage, and uh, the Red Sox don't like that to happen. And JD Martinez he fits what they what they need. I mean, he's a power guy. They need more power in that in that um, in that outfield. And they have, I mean, they have very similar players in that outfield. They're super athletic. I mean, not many balls are getting down. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. That that, that catch in center field. Who hit that? Starling Castro. I forget who hit that ball. That he went over. That he climbed the wall and snaked out of the um. The, no, Judge. Was it Judge? Oh yeah, it was Judge's home run? That's right. It was the other. It was the second home run that was robbed. The first one was the. Yeah. Um, like that's one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen playing yeah. baseball. Like that was a, a unbelievable catch. All those guys, bets. Um, and uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. and then and Ben intended. and then homeboy and left who I won't speak his name. They are extremely athletic. Yeah, it's a great outfield, but they need power. <clears throat> All right, guys, uh, we did get one. Uh, well, in, in addition to the mailbag about um, the infield, we did get one from uh, Edwin Suarez, and he says, "I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and wondering if you guys were planning to do a spring training trip to Tampa again this year." Uh, quickly, Scott and I are kicking around some dates. It's probably going to be in the last two weeks of spring training if we do go. There's a couple of home uh, consecutive home games that we're eyeing. Uh, we've done it two years in a row. It's always a fun trip. Uh, we want to make it three years in a row. So stay tuned for more information on that as well. Um, if you guys want to submit mailbag questions, go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. You can also tweet us at Yankees Podcast. And also, we've been getting the Facebook group going. Um, the, it's search the Bronx Pinstripe Show on Facebook. 
ask a mailbag question there as well. That's sort of more of like a, a forum where a bunch of listeners of the show can post some stuff. Uh, Scott and I, as well as Dom, uh, post a lot of uh, the content there as well. Also, rate and review the podcast. We are up like at 730 reviews at this point. That is friggin' awesome. Give us a five-star rating if you enjoy it. It really helps out the show. And like I said, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Scott, any uh, last words before we get out of here? Just a quick Happy New Year to everybody. I mean, it's, uh, it's 2018 is going to be a lot of fun. I know we have a lot of cool things happening at Bronx Pinstripes. Obviously, the New York Yankees are, uh, are setting the world on fire with all the things that they're doing. I think we're going to see some, uh, some interesting developments you know, leading up to spring training. So I'm very excited for this, uh, this season. Um, uh, and I also want to say thank you very much to everybody who has been following the, the story of my, my little boy up in Boston. Um, but he's doing very well. Uh, back at home, and uh, again, just it's uh, it's really humbling when you get messages. Uh, I've gotten a lot of direct messages. Um, one in particular, I kind of want to shout him out because he he didn't do this publicly, but um, a guy that we had on the show, um, what la- was at the end of last year, Blake Rutherford, reached out to me and and uh, he did it privately and just said uh, just some really nice things and made a donation into the the foundation that uh, that we've been supporting as well. And it just shows, goes to prove you are talking about Chris Archer as being a nice guy. And when you're talking about these nice guys in sports and some of these stand-up guys in sports, they go a long way. And I, I love the fact like this he's just a genuine dude, not even on the Yankees anymore. He knows I'm a, a huge Yankees fan, have a Yankees right. show. It's a, it was just a real life thing and it was it was really cool. And he's uh, you know, he might be getting involved with that with that nonprofit there too. So um, shout out to Blake Rutherford, really good dude. That was uh, yes. just a A plus move. Yeah, it, you and I both said it when we spoke to him. Like, maybe the nicest kid ever. Yeah. So, so down to earth. He, he, what was he, 20 years? He was 19 He's years old. He's super young, yeah. Yeah, he he was a baby. He but, gets it. He can, totally gets it. He you gets. Tell he, got he gets it. it. Like a lot of these, a lot of these athletes, the majority of them, if not every single one of them, have a massive platform. And if they use it for good, many, 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 many good things can happen. And people follow their lead. Uh, yeah. You get a guy like like Rutherford, who is 20 years old, wise beyond his years, mature beyond his years. Obviously, has a, a you know a, a passion for doing good things. With um, uh, I know he has his own nonprofit where he where he works with. Um, uh, he has a camp. I think they have um, of kids with disabilities. I think it's him and his brother and his family do it. Just just an overall good dude and just a, yeah. a really cool story. Um, so again, shout out to Blake Rutherford. Real good dude. Good stuff. All right, guys. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.